Welcome again to Survive or Thrive, Holistic Healing for Pets. I'm your host, Chris Canone, and my co-host is Dr. Anya Corden of Animal Health Oasis in Naples, Florida. Well, here we go again, holding up one of the six pillars of health for our pets. But before we go any further on today's discussion, could you give us a brief explanation of the six pillars and why they're so important? I know we talked about this, but I don't think we explained the idea behind the six pillars. Yeah, maybe not. This is actually uh, pillar five on that house that sits on pillars. So it's the house is your body. And your body is um, held up by these six pillars. That's a good foundation for it. And so we basically have done pillar number one, which is food. Now, water is actually number water one. Water was number one. Yes. 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 And then we have done the food. Uh, we have done two parts of that. And then we have done the care. And that was two parts that sell the care products. And... Um, you know, what goes in and on your dog and in, like for the hygiene and what's unfortunately going in and on your dog <laughs> as mm. far as environmental toxins. Terrible. And then, of course, we have um, the sleep one. We did that. That Not was dead. the last one. That was number four. And uh, so number five is exercise. And that's today's topic. That's today's topic. And then there's number six, which is um, emotional happiness. Both of those go a lot into behavioral stuff, you know, behavior okay. around people, behavior how we people act, because what are we supposed to be for our dogs? Like a happy dog is a dog that has an owner that is the bus or not the bus. You got to be the alpha, in other words. <laughs> so yeah. they don't have to be and be neurotic about it. Well, so why would they be neurotic about it? What do you well, think? if they're not good alphas, they don't know what to do, I assume. Well, if the owner is not a good be... alpha. Yeah. If well, the, the dog owner... has to take over. Right. If the, if the owner is not the leading alpha, then the dog has to take over. And that is not a good situation because I always say, well, if, you're, if you want your dog to be the alpha, then you better have your dog go get the food and lead you to the food. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, kind of bring the money in. So go, go, go. Uh, you know, like I, I <laughs> dreadfully say to my dog whenever I come out of the grocery store, she's, uh, you know, or when I come back home, I'm basically telling her I went hunting and I was successful. <laughs> so that's how our grocery shopping is. So I guess your dog has to take that role then if your dog is alpha. <laughs> okay. In our modern world, that's obviously the hunting. <laughs> so, so, you know, um, that's just important. And it's important for the psychological happiness too. But we talk about this in the next pillar when we talk about emotional happiness. So today it's in regards to exercise. Yeah. So uh, why is exercise so important for your pet? And I'm guessing it's the same reason that it's important for us. We need to get exercise. They need to get exercise. Right. Um, we um, all need to get exercise. It's a good thing, actually, if you do take your dog for a walk, because that's exercise for you, too. Walking is a healthy way of doing exercise. 
Um, I mean, you can, uh, depending on your dog, but if your dog is healthy, then you can actually have a quick walk. I mean, a, a fast walk, you know, a high pace walk with your dog and it gets you out in nature. And uh, so it's, you know, of course you can not just walk your dog, but that's the minimum. And um, I'm always amazed how few people I do see out with their dogs when I know pretty much every house has dogs in them. Uh, cats, they have their own exercise. So that's a different different story for that. You don't have to do it, but you should still provide this. So I think we can split that up and talk first about dogs and then, then um, some about cats, which they do need their exercise too. Um, but they will seldom go on a walk. I actually have a Siamese mix and uh, he does go for a walk with me and my my uh, dog when we go. I mean, he has been, and sometimes he doesn't feel like it, but it's, I don't take him on a leash walk. <laughs> well, you don't take Lily on a leash walk either, do you? You, you have control of her, voice right. control over her. So, but she goes for well, walks with you. She goes for walks, but I would not recommend that for the normal person. Like uh, there's very few dogs that are so good on voice control and visual control that they really can be off leash. I mean, if you are in a secured area, yes. If you have total control of your dog, yes, then you can do it. But if you have traffic around, that is not my preferred way to recommend that to people, even so it's the preferred way how I do it. Because I have had the luxury so far with my dogs that I've always had them from puppyhood on. And that is actually where you, the training starts. I mean, the first day, my, my dog was eight weeks old, and so was my dog before this one. And uh, at eight weeks, you can take advantage of that instinct that they want to follow you, at, like, like you're not the mother for them because you're so little and insecure. They follow you automatically. It's not very hard oh. to train a dog when you have them from day like they won when they're separated from their original mother because they, they totally follow heel. And uh, then you do this continuously and you train them at that point that they keep doing this. And then of course there's like the adolescent time where they try to break free, <laughs> you know, a few, few weeks into uh, that, um, the, uh, you know, after they lose their instinct of following mom everywhere um, and then you have to be a little bit more strict with us if you want to train them off leash. But for that, you should really use a trainer or read very good books and be able to implement them. I mean, I see very few people or I meet very few people that I actually um, see that they can do it just with a book. So quite often they need a behaviorist um, to train with them. But in the end, it's always up to you as the owner how well your dog will be. It's totally up to you. And I mean, if you make it very clear very early on with everything you do, um, that unwanted behavior is not making this mother or alpha happy, <laughs> you know, like the dog mama or the dog daddy, um, then uh, you only have to correct everything once if you do it right. It should never be an experience that is pleasant and that doesn't mean that you have to hit your dog. You just have such a fit that the dog clearly sees they don't want their alpha to flip out like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
you know, whatever it is, loud oh, voice okay. or something, uh, you, you know, you just, you just they're very strict about it. You correct it once and never have to do it again because they don't want to experience them, you being like that. Yeah, it's like, and, and you can, of course, use, use voice commands and you can, of course, uh, you know, some, some behaviorists do the word like, Shh. I mean, it, the, the noise minus, uh, uh. if I say this, even my two cats stand guard. They're like, whoa, <laughs> something is not right. She's upset. <laughs> She's upset. Uh -oh. so just the word, you know, like whatever comes to you and like out of your mouth, that's the natural thing, wording that comes or noise that comes from you is the best one to do. And so that's how, what you can use an exercise too. But, um, you know, maybe we just stick with the exercise a little bit more. But, yeah, that's how I trained my dogs from day one to be off, off leash. That doesn't mean I cannot put them on the leash. That they're fine on leashes, too. But they don't need it because uh, they're under complete voice control, uh, just like being on a virtual leash. And they're not running over to other dogs. They're not attacking other dogs. They're not running from them. They are not taking off some breeds. You cannot do that, a greyhound or any of these. Oh, the, the sight? Yeah, the sight. The sight hounds? Yes, you should not not take them off the leash. No matter what, they see something moving and off they go. <laughs> <laughs> and around the turn she goes. Wait a minute, I can't catch up. Oh, but... To, you know, there's still a lot to be said. So what is it really for the dog when they when they go for a walk? I mean, when I come home, for example, from vacation with my dogs, they both always have wanted to go for a walk, even so we just walk maybe somewhere else because they want to read the mail. That's what I call that. It's reading the mail, reading the neighborhood figuring out who has been walking by the house, who has been on the street, who has been on our normal walk, because they're like, they, they, they live in a smelly world. So everything has smells for them. This is like the pee from, from the black uh, Bob over there. And Maxine was like peeing on that corner. <laughs> and, oh, this is the poop from <laughs> Doodle Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> and you know and they explore oh boy, oh everything boy. if you really watch your dog it's a pleasure to see them because they do what we people we humans are really really bad doing they stay so much in the moment and they enjoy every smell that they're smelling so they're completely in the now and they are like like exploring and that gives them so much joy to be out there get the fresh air get the exercise but also get the satisfaction of getting the smells knowing what's going on so they don't uh, they, they're not angry when other dogs pass by the house because so often I, I feel sorry for the dogs that are inside and they're barking and uh, they just want to come on the walk too <laughs> at least quite often I mean if you just walk by I mean it's a different of course if you would come to the house that's a different way of barking but if they yeah. just get so aggravated because you pass by and it's certain houses where everybody flips out and other dogs are just fine if you if you walk by because those are usually the ones that I know that have met my dog they have they have said hello to them the other ones all want to say it and how do how do you do this really so Let's start day in the morning. Oh. And what is what would be the first thing that would be good for the dog? We'll take him for a walk. 
get them, get them outside. Even before you feed them, a lot of people don't know that. So that's why I wanted to mention that. Oh, okay. First thing in the morning is the walk. Because otherwise, if you do that on a full stomach, just like with us, should we go exercise on a full stomach? I mean, heavy exercise, which can be more or less, but even a leash walk is safer on an empty stomach. I mean, it's oh, not a yeah. must, but for some dogs, especially if you would go, like if you would decide in the morning to, to go for a walk, but you go maybe to, to a dog park or some other park and let your dog run and want to play with them, which is good exercise. But if you do that on a full stomach, it's just as bad, if not worse for a dog than for us. I did not know that. Well, there's especially there's some dogs that can actually even like twist their belly, their stomach. Okay. You have maybe what about gastric torsions? Oof. So sounds, some some sounds terrible. Big chested breeds or even German shepherds and uh, and other bigger breeds are very prone to maybe even like get a torsion. So twist your stomach and that is life threatening. That's an emergency surgery. So they get that usually because they're they're exercised with a with a full stomach. So you don't want to do that. Um but uh, otherwise, I mean, if it's just a normal walk on a leash, it's unlikely that this is happening. But always empty stomach is a better idea. So take them out before you feed them, morning and night. If you're going to feed them yeah. twice a day, take them out before. Yeah, you can them. walk in more often or let them at least out more often. I mean, I... Like some, some more often than I even want to say, I hear like, uh, well, my dog didn't poop this morning. And then I ask them, what, what do you do in the morning? Well, I send them outside. Like, or I, I let them outside. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, I let them outside on the grass in front of my house. And I'm like, and then your dog is supposed to poop and pee on command? And <laughs> I think we went through this before, didn't we? <laughs> yes. You said you've got to walk them. Right. Yes. I mean, I, I cannot poop on command, can you? <laughs> Not usually. <laughs> if someone scares the poop out of me, that, that's a different story. I don't know. But, yes. That would work for me. It would Ooh. go the opposite. Okay. So, um, yeah, walk. Because, I mean, if I take my dog for the walk, there's quite often more than, than one pooping event. There's even two pooping events if it's a nice big enough walk. Because, like, towards the end of the walk, there may be a second second pile <laughs> smaller <laughs> and I can tell you from uh, whenever I have to um, check anal glands or the rear end of the dog pretty much all the dogs I see are constipated there's poop right there so that tells me clearly just like humans majority of humans are constipated that means we're like dehydration and not enough exercise and of course wrong food contributes to leaky gut so for sure, we can at least do something by walking them. Um, yeah. Is there a uh, proper way to walk your dog? Well, first of all, if we're talking really leash walks, you know, then the proper gear, like what should you really have on your dog? You know, should you, I mean, I am all for a harness, not for a collar and have the leash on a collar. I'm okay yeah. with a collar being around the neck for wearing off the tags or a name tag, you know, and maybe even like we have these flea and tick 
um, uh, alternative, like natural ways that are tags. Yes, the you tags. Know, they mm-hmm. should they should be on the collar, but a leash should never attach to a collar. I mean, really, I I kind of would like to take every hook that is possible on a collar off the collar, so nobody even is tempted to ever attach a leash on a collar, like because that's just I mean. Um, <laughs> It's it, it can cause injuries, so I wouldn't ever do this. And um, if we're talking color quality, um, it should be usually a nylon one or a fabric one. You know, not and and I mean the worst is like you have a have a collar around the neck that is a metal one, or like one of those with with the uh, the the pinch collars. Yeah, pinch collars. You know, like. Um, like if you really have to have something like this then and that, that should just be temporary then it's better if it's made from plastic than than, than metal because some dogs even react to the metal um if they oh, okay. have allergies um so i prefer then the metal one rather um not the metal one than the plastic one they do exist but really i i am all for harnesses and of course there's harnesses where you have the hook in front of the chest that's the best way. Okay. That way, if your dog pulls, you put it right there. And that way they actually do stop walking ahead of you and you can manage them easily to be at your side. Now I'm not okay. for the ones that are going on the mouth, you know, like the, those, those, what are they called again? The guiding things that they put sometimes also like that's, that's like, a, there's only one that I, that I actually liked, um, there's a name for them. I've never heard anything. Yeah, where like they that. have them, like, and then they pull them to the side, and it basically puts it's it's like like going around the muzzle. That sounds like and an then, altar on a horse. Yeah, it's kind of like that, and, and of course that yanks it sideways. <laughs> there was only one. Um, I haven't checked whether they are they're still available, but there was more really like a halter on the horse, which was equally pulling on both sides. So it actually pulled the, the, the nose down and that stops the dog. And that was fine, but they were just not very popular when we, we carried them for a while. Nobody wanted to buy them, hmm. um, but they are the only way how you can use those kind of halters. There's a different, there's a different name for them. Um, but it doesn't matter. Don't use them. Have a harness, and uh, we have a nice harness that we like. I mean, that actually pinches a little in the in the back, and so you can uh, attach it in the back, but you can attach it in the front. You can attach it at the same time at both sides if you want. Hmm. And um, those I really do like. Um, if I would have to teach a dog how to lead, walk on a leash. Once they know it and they're really good, then you could go to whatever halter. I mean, don't have one that pinches like too much, um, like harness that, that pinches too much at the sides in the front front of the uh, shoulders. So look where the pressure is. Right? Okay, so you don't get the ones that have the. They look like kind of like a, a bib in the front. They're they're very large. Well, if it is more distributed all over, then it's better than if you have like um, the ropes that go directly over both sides. I pinch too much here. In the shoulder? Yeah, because that's that's where the lymph inlet is. So you don't want to do too much of that. What can, Um, what can that, what problems can that cause? Well, it can... uh, have lymph drainage problems and that can keep the fluids in the body and with it toxins. Ah. So, and then also leashes, 
don't get those retractable leashes. You don't like those. You cannot control an animal with those retractable leashes, and they can, they're prone to injury um, that they are not recommended by anybody who knows what they're talking about. Like, this is either you have your dog within six feet of, uh, like, on a leash. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, have them off a leash and go somewhere and let them run. But just like going with these retractable leashes, it's like it's not good for education for a dog. It's not good for anybody involved. The first time I actually encountered them was really in the United States. And right away, one of those leashes was actually burning my leg because it went like a saw around my lower leg because the person that had Ouch. the retractable leash didn't pay attention. So I had had a scar free for years that I could still see. So, you know, those things, I mean, you cannot, that's just, whatever. Nobody that knows what they're talking about will recommend those. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, how often we said that kind of like um, the morning for sure, the evening for sure, midday, if you can, you know, let them maybe go pee in between. Um, go on less crowded paths, especially if you're still teaching your dog, you know, to behave. Go and go in a park where you can take him and exercise, especially again, if they're still learning, the dog should be at your side or behind you if they are not trained yet. Uh, the least a dog should always do is pay attention to you. So if my dog is off the leash, if she goes a little bit too far, she stops and asks for directions. She's never like this. There's a certain distance she will go and then she will stop and look. Or if she doesn't, then I can, of course, like call her and I can call her back anytime. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is, but that's off the leash, which, like I said, I'm not recommending it to everybody. But where can you have exercise too? You can have it in your yard if you have a fenced-in yard. You know, if you have a house and a fenced-in yard, if you have that possibility, you can even have the luxury if it's really fenced-in where they can't escape. Then you can have the luxury of a dog door. I've always had one, so if I'm gone for hours, my animals can go out. And they come back in as they please. Most of the times they actually don't go out and pay attention to this. It's interesting because most of the times they don't even drink if you're not at home. Really? Because they know exactly that they will have to go pee if they do too much of that. So quite often they go actually to their bowl when you come home and they know you're going to go for a walk with them. And then they drink, which is actually fun. Because in reality, we probably talked about this in in the water one. I'm pretty sure we did. Uh, it's anyway healthier to drink big amounts rather than small amounts all the time, you know, of water. But they know. I've encountered that with 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 all my dogs. They just they wouldn't drink, and then they usually don't even go out. But they could if they really would have to go out in the yard. Of course, you can have a dog that is trained with pee pee pads, so that does work. I've seen dogs that are doing that. Um, again, that doesn't mean if you have a PP pad, that doesn't mean that you don't go for walks. You should still go for the exercise. You can uh, play indoors, yes, but a lot of the, the, the floors that we have inside are too slippery for a good run. You know, best, uh, yeah. best exercise ever is, of course, on grass 
you know, like a nicely mowed. They love that. They can run. They can play. It will make up for so much. My neighbor had a retriever for years. She became uh, uh, short of 15 years old and uh, was always like an exercise uh, crazy dog like they are. And they were playing every day. I saw them play for half an hour ball play. And, and of course, they went for walks. They even went to the competitions to jump into the ponds, the far jump or what it's called. Oh, yes. yes. Uh-huh. So she did do that. And that dog actually was... In spite of not being fed exactly how I would have wanted to see it, the exercise made up for it. So we're talking about these pillars, you know, house on pillars. Mm -hmm. So you have one pillar that is more strong than the other, may hold something up. It's not ideal, but it's still making up for some of that. And of course, if you do exercise, you still like detox just like people, when we sweat, that's one of the big, big uh, ways of detoxing. So, you know, that's, that's important. Yeah, but know? dogs don't sweat, right? Well, they sweat they through sh- their paws and their okay. nose and yeah. their hand, and, and they still move the body fluids, and that way it helps the deto- other detox organs. It will still help yeah. the kidneys to produce urine and the bowel movements. You know, like yeah. but that's the other ways and respiration. That's the that's the fourth way. There's four ways of of detoxification. So it is always like peeing, pooping, breathing, and perspiration. So you know that's the sweating, yeah. and they sweat through their paws, like I said. So you can actually, uh, so yeah, no, they cannot sweat through there. So that's why we cannot put them in the sauna. Like I would send any person that needs to detoxify. I would just say. Go in the sauna, nice infrared sauna, or go outside or exercise more, yep. and then wash that sweat off, you know, so it doesn't get maybe reabsorbed. Okay. <laughs> mm. Okay. So exercise, running, and playing, and and uh, that's that's all good outside, especially because they can do earthing. They as yeah, like we do. Yeah, yeah, well, we do. We should. <laughs> uh, earthing is what for some people who don't know what earthing is. Well, earthing is being in contact with Mother Earth, like uh, really touching her without any insulation between her and us. So it means that you should be barefoot and uh, touching the real soil. Yeah, not being like on concrete. It's it's even if you're on concrete, you get some earthing. Well, if you're on concrete on the 11th store of a high rise or even on the second store, um, there's not much earthing going on. <laughs> no, no. And especially with the flooring <laughs> that we put in, it insulates more. And then, of course, we always have shoes on. Most people have shoes on all the time. And uh, especially when we go outside now, that's where the dogs actually have an advantage because they do earth most of them. Of course, nowadays we have to. It's it's it's, it's a two-sided sort, you know, in the okay. sense of we have so many toxins out there with spraying that I've been thinking about putting shoes on their feet too and their paws, you know, all four of them. Well, most dogs actually do not accept that. They're very, very unhappy if you put shoes on them. But you can train them too. But then, of course, you start missing the quality of earthing that gives them so much 
uh, relaxation because it was really calming to touch Mother Earth. Like you can get instant earthing if you go in a natural water body. So taking taking a bath in the ocean or taking a bath in a freshwater lake or in a pond. But of course, then again, it may be so toxic nowadays if, if like we've had um, one dog tragically died at the age of five because they live in a community here and they let their dog swim in the pond at the golf course all the time so that actually gave that dog very soon amazingly enough cancer cancer yeah cancer of the lymph and that is actually the one that is very much known that um that that roundup is causing it's known in the literature that it causes lymphatic cancer So that is like, so, so as nice as earthing is, if you live in a toxic environment, you really have to be careful about where to do that. And I think uh, my dog is commenting on this. <laughs> she got something to say, Lily. Yes. <laughs> don't, don't let me run around in that, in the, in well, that stuff. We don't yeah. really avoid it best we can, you know, so, um, well. But, you know, we're deviating from the actual exercise again. Um, but, yeah, earthing, uh, that's why I'm saying quality of life. I'm not going to put shoes on my dog. Uh, what you can do when you come back home, you can uh, stick the paws in a salt water bath. Salt water will pull toxins out. Oh, okay. For how long? Yeah, well, I mean, at least five minutes would be good. But even if you just put some, some dip them in salt, I mean, and you leave the salt, you just kind of leave the salt on there it will help pull stuff out yeah afterwards um it's better than fresh water for sure and uh, what fresh water is is it anyway that most people have so even if you take tap water and you put salt in there the likelihood is more that the that the toxins are being pulled towards the the, that should be a, a good salt solution and it needs to be saturated um and um or almost saturated. So like we say in a normal bath for a human. So um, I have the formula, but I don't have it in my head. It's maybe an ounce per, we can, we can put it in the comments someplace or in a, in a question and answer session one day. What's the concentration? We, we tell people all the time and I've calculated it many times. <laughs> um, so salt, put salt so in much. there, make it nice and salty because the more salty it is, the more it's going to pull toxins out of the body. If you take fresh water, it's going to be going into the body. It's actually a freshwater fish versus a saltwater fish. People don't think about that. But what mm. is it with a freshwater fish? What does a freshwater fish have, have to do all the time? It has to pee all the time because otherwise it would be bursting because it keeps getting fresh water into the body because the body is saltier than the environment. So. And so it pulls osmotically kind of like stuff through the skin all the time in the body. So these freshwater fish have to have the anatomy to keep peeing all the time. Otherwise they would be bursting. And what is it? The opposite, of course, with a, with a saltwater fish. They have to be drinking all the time. Otherwise, they dehydrate. And that's actually the same for us. If you're in the ocean and you're long in there, you get thirsty. And you can get dehydrated because you're actually getting detoxed. 
So that's that's your example. And I mean, we know a fish that has to switch from fresh water to salt water and vice versa. You know, when you have the salmons that, that they're going yeah. up the rivers, they have to change their anatomy quite a bit. It's it's hmm. it's miraculous what they're what these what these fish do, what, what nature allows them to do to have this switch. Huh. Otherwise you cannot just take one and, and just take them anytime and put them in fresh water, they will die. You know, same with the freshwater yeah. fish and salt water. Because they can't, they can't so, eat. But that shows you the easiest way how, how the difference between a freshwater bath and a saltwater bath. And I actually tell owners to detox regularly, do a saltwater bath, but in between do a freshwater bath. Always make sure your dog stays hydrated. That's where we do the broth. You know, so mm-hmm. hydration, hydration, hydration. But and that dehydration also helps them to detoxify the toxins again in the environment. So after a walk, that's and don't use these wipes. Don't don't use these wipes. You know, people come with these wipes to and wipe their their, their the, the, with baby wipes and whatever wipes they they, they wipe the feet oh. after they were outside. They put a little bit more toxins on, <laughs> a little bit more okay. alcohol and whatever else on there. You know, so are there any specially made for dogs? Still bad. Still bad. Still bad. That I mean, alcohol rubbing. If alcohol. you have nothing else, then take a uh, a paper towel and put some drinking water quality water on it and wipe the feet off with that, or or a cloth. You know, whatever happened to cloths? You know, like yeah, whatever happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's cheaper. Number one, a lot less. Especially chemistry. in times where you may not be able to find any. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you couldn't find toilet paper either. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with, with exercise, keep it consistent. So don't do like one day yes, next day no. I mean, like make it a routine that you, when, when you have a routine and the dog looks forward to that, like that there is a given that they get their two walks. I mean, if you have a breed that is like agility um, loving, I mean, the, yeah. the sheep dog, you know, like any Shelties, any um, the, the um, uh, well, well, any any of the the guard the the, the ones that you the know, herding dogs, the herding dogs. The, that's, yeah. that's the word I was looking for. Herding you know, dogs. they they love exercise. They love oh, doing God, something. Yeah. So go with them and join a club where they can really do agility or go to some some areas or make your own parkour for them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, like exercise, exercise, exercise with them. Can you do that in a room in your house? And if it's raining, you can't take the dog out. You can just uh, you can still take we'll the just... dog out. What are you talking about? It's raining, and you don't well, take your dog out. You take your dog out. <laughs> I'm a wicked witch of the west. I melt in the water. Okay, no, you're not. <laughs> you can take an umbrella, and your dog is not going to melt. And if you want to put a raincoat on him, if it's snowing, then put a put a, put a snow suit on him. On him, it's really like you can go out. Actually, that's when you want to go out. That's the healthiest water you can actually get. And no, you're not going to melt. Your dog is not going to melt. <laughs> it's uh, Certain breeds, of course, are hard to go out, but uh, you still want to go. And you find usually, I mean, usually there's like at least at least a small loop around the house or, or something, you know, mm-hmm. so. Um, what about treadmills? For I've seen people put their dogs on treadmills to exercise. I know it's not the 
the optimum thing, but just to get. Now it depends on whether you like your treadmill and you probably do it and you will probably train your dog to do that. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not a fan of treadmills because I also seen work, people do it work and is like how artificial, how much more artificial can we make it for ourselves and unfortunately for our dogs. I mean, of course, if that's the only thing you can do, then, then do that, you know. Um, mm -hmm. If you are in a city and you still should see that you go outside or go in the car and drive out or take take the bus and drive out. I mean, do something to get in the in, in nature, connect with nature, because the, the whole problem that we're suffering from our diseases, our animals' diseases, is what? We're disconnected from nature. And the more mm -hmm. we disconnect from nature, though, the sicker we get, because guess what? This body and their body is actually made by nature. It follows nature's laws. <clears throat> and so if we mm -hmm. disconnect and, and we live in these, these isolated, insulated houses, just in an artificial environment, no wonder that we're all getting sick. So reconnect with nature. And if you cannot, like, for example, as a person, if you wear your sneakers all the time, then hug a tree sometimes with your bare hands and touch with your skin the tree. And yes, if you call it a tree hugger, that's fine. You know, that's actually healthy. You know, so um, everything, yeah. So, so yeah, you can go on a treadmill. Uh, that's fine. If that's it, but that's it, not replacing going outside is what I'm basically saying. Mm -hmm. Like if yeah. you have a high activity dog, yes. And, and some dogs do love this because at least it's something, but it's kind of like similar are they really loving it all the time? You know, it's like when you have your dog on a, on a bicycle, you see people run their dogs on bicycles. That's usually not a good idea because it's usually on pavement and it's very hard. They don't have any sneakers with super soles on them that are taking, taking that harsh pavement and make it somewhat softer, you know, like with, with their, with buffer on the, on, yeah. the, on, the, on the soles. Yeah. Of the, of the, um, that's probably the next thing that somebody comes out with a sneaker for the dogs. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt no, it. That would be no. so sad. It's like when I go to the beach and I see people walk with their, with their sneakers on, with their shoes on. I'm like, wait a second. The beach has so many forbidden thing, signs on there. It should actually have a forbidden sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's no, barefoot. No shoes. <laughs> that they are barefoot at the beach so they get their grounding, you know, earthing. Um, and it has to be direct with the earth. Don't get these pads where there's a cable between you and that's, that's uh, not a good idea. And I could elaborate on that some other time. But you do want to be sensible to the surfaces anyway. Like here when it's super hot, the surface, you don't want to force your dog on that pavement either. You don't want to have them on the bicycle and you're like not seeing that your dog is actually exhausted or it gets overheated. The dog will not show you that they're not able to do this. They will do their best to run with you at their side because, hey, you're the alpha and you're, you're the leader and they're going to run with you even if, if they keel over and they're dead afterwards mm -hmm. or meanwhile they're running. So that's... Uh, you know, then, then go jogging, but still, like, watch your dog. Don't have a chihuahua and that has a heart um, issue and, and start running with them, you know. It's like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you don't want to do that either, you know. So you, then, then you get yourself a bigger dog. I mean, it's like... It's, 
if you're a tall person, you have a little child with you, even like, and you, you, you obviously have a bigger steps so you have an advantage right so you would mm-hmm. would uh, consider that <laughs> it's this little thing so, with your short legs trying to yeah. trying to chase after you when you're six yeah. foot two uh-uh no so yeah i mean if you have um um hot surfaces or like like i wanted to really make that point too it's I, i'm sometimes amazed when my dog wants to be on a hot surface i can't stand on it and i'm never going to force her to be on it but I think their pets can still take more heat than my feet that are often in shoes too often, probably, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I kind of would like to be almost barefoot at work, but not possible. <laughs> so yeah. I'm barefoot as often as I can be. So, but you have to watch out what you step into. Right. And that's the same for our dogs. Um, and then of course, I mean, um, poop, when you have poop with, with the exercise, you know, pick it up is actually one thing that I wanted to tell everybody, please pick it up. We don't need the poop on the lawns of everybody because there can be things in there, you know, pick it up and take care of it. So your neighbors are still happy when you walk your dog and they don't see those presents on their lawn. Um, and same thing like peeing, make sure that the, the dogs are just peeing on things where nobody minds, not human stuff not even the garbage can so that would just be sensible for exercise if you're exercising your dog in the neighborhood um yeah and i mean give them rewards you know it's it's a reward to go to go outside but also like um have your treats with you when you train them yeah walk you know so that you can or at least make sure that you pet them and um what about swimming? Swimming, you know, swimming for your for your not your cat, unless they enjoy that kind of thing. Where you're gonna, they've seen people <laughs> swim, so swimming is good. And I mean, I have a lot of people that have a pool, and a lot of dogs that swim in the pool, and it's a superb exercise. It's of course not damaging to the joints. I mean, I, I'm just yeah. concerned if it's a chlorinated pool. Um, of course, like the ocean was always great. Um, then we had more and more here in Florida, we had red tide more and more. So yeah, we couldn't recommend it anymore. And I mean, besides, there was only like very few beaches where you were allowed to bring your dog. But that was yeah. always my detoxing bathtub when people were saying, yeah, where do I go? I'm like, well, we have this huge bathtub, that ocean. Just right, right, right down the way a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, great. If you have a lake, um, you know, that is clean enough where you go swimming, then, I mean, even a, even a chlorinated pool is better than quite often no exercise, you know, like, or even no bathing. I yeah. mean, but salt water is preferred. There's other options. There's copper. There's other options that can be like making the water. Salt water is still creating some chlorine. But uh, I've seen that be certainly better. And I have a lot of animals and they love it. And they get their exercise. They jump into it. And and it's, of course, even if you're hurt or something for rehabbing, it's one of the best things you can do. You know, and they have, they have uh, underwater treadmills. Yeah, I've so seen now, that, yeah. Yeah. And the rehab stuff for the dogs too, and you know because it's easier on the joints. Is it uh, 
if your dog's not that strong, can you put a, a life, a doggy life jacket on them? Or is that yeah. not necessary? Or is that... Well, it's, there may be it, dogs that you know, eat that. Just, There's nothing wrong with that. You could do that. I mean, most dogs can swim. But uh, if they can't, then, then just, uh, um, yeah, give them that. I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. That's fun. I mean, I take my dog when I go... Uh, to the ocean I have a little swim thing for her where she's uh, floating so so she stays with me in the water (laughs) and I'll have to swim and keep her up she could have a vest on but but she's floating in in one of those baby um, swimmers whatever they're called a little pad yes (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I mean Exercise, for sure, I cannot not, um, it cannot be understated, like how important it is for a dog to be balanced, to go daily out on a nice walk. At least one walk, better two walks. One of them should be nice, nicer and longer, depends on the size of your dog. When I had a big dog, when I had uh, the lab mix, I was going a bigger round than I go now with my Chihuahua mix. You know, I mean, it doesn't mean the Chihuahua mix wouldn't take the the, <laughs> the, the bigger route, but she's yeah. happy with a smaller route too, and it's enough for her. So that's fine. I mean, one thing again, um, if we're in, in this heat here, be uh, careful with overheating. You know, don't again, uh, like especially afterwards, if they um, uh, have any kind of... Um, um, <laughs> Like we we had a dog and that dog actually did overheat after an exercise. The dog the dog owner didn't didn't realize. I mean, if your dog is panting and very unrestful, you should hose him down. The whole dog needs to be hosed down or, or best even like dump dump him in the in the lake. No matter how right. toxic that lake is. Good. To get him in there, yeah. pull him off. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, I'm used I, 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 unfortunately, when I started practicing and I did pigs, pigs are overheating so quickly. Uh, these hyper overbred uh, pigs in the barns and stuff, and they get, of course, very much nervous and stuff. And we had to, when usually it was the farmer that made them crazy. I was always very careful and very calm around them. Um, but you know, in reality, the, they got more dog, more more dog. They got more money. If the pig died while I was present from the government, because those were government programs, then if they kept it alive, because it was more that that's just like, again, that's was subsidized because I was there to get blood. Um, and if they made the, 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 if they lost some pigs while I was present, then they got more money for them. So some farmers just were happy when one would die. I had one once die out of thousands that I saw. But, uh, Good grief. Yeah. But we had to hose them down, you know, when they made them crazy. No, usually yeah. I didn't let anybody make their pig crazy. Even that, that farmer, I said, that's the one time. Next time I'm, I'm not going to come. Yeah. Like, um, Jeez. But, but same thing with dogs. They can overheat. They can also get too cold. We don't think so much about the cold here, you know. Yeah. But you can also cat can get too cold. You know, you have to be sensible about that too. And yes, then by all means, put some clothing on your dog. If your dog is like a little dog and has not enough fur, 
then put some clothing on them, but don't overdo it. I mean, I see them here in Florida. They get the coats on when we have 50 degrees. <laughs> oh, I know it. It's, it, it really? Really? Yeah. Oh, poor dog is getting too hot, you know? Yes. And then he's embarrassed on top of it, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what about just, just a quick thing about exercise for cats? Or is there... There's such an exercise thing. for cats. I mean, there's actually, if you look, there's wonderful um, designs that people have made in their houses to get exercise to for their cats. They've done all kinds of tunnels and furniture and shelves where they jump up and, and go, even like specific stuff for the cats. You can get all kinds of exercise things and playing things. I mean, of course, again, what, what, what is it? I mean, the, the cats, it's not so much that they exercise with us. They're just the perfect hunter. And so they just want to observe stuff. And of course, you know, you can, there's wonderful constructions you can do in the yard where they are basically cannot like attack a bird or kill any wildlife, you know, but they can be outside. And that's for them that um, that even seeing it and running after stuff. I mean, they run inside the house after stuff. Of course, you do can do ball games and, yeah. and other and the, and the fishing rod, you know, with a with a oh, with a, things on the, the end. They, at the yeah. end. and so they enjoy that very much. And yes, they should have. Um, I mean, when you know, that's again more behavioral, almost like scratch trees. We can talk about that in the next pillar. Um, for cats but yeah they, they should get exercise absolutely and uh, I mean of course they a lot of them because of the wrong food they get so so um, unhealthy that they are sleeping more than they usually would sleep you know so a, a cat that is on the right food they in between like they sleep a lot but they also in between are very active I mean, when I get these young cat, cats, I usually get complaints when they get on the right food. All these kittens, they have so much energy and they're, they're swinging like Tarzan on the, on the curtains <laughs> and doing all kinds of things. And people say, can you calm this cat down? And I'm like, well, let her outside. <laughs> but of course, that's not always recommended. And I, you know, it's a catch too. I mean, you can do uh, cat fencing. They have that perfect fencing where you can really get them to stay inside of the yard um, when it's correctly um, done from the beginning. Um, you cannot have this fence on a wooden fence attached. It will not work. It has to be freestanding and uh, you know you can do a barb on the end of here, but it's usually caved towards you know, like the, the inside so they cannot really get out. Oh. Um, I mean, you could do electric fencing if you need to, to keep your cat in, if that's possible, where you have them. Or you can just do a, a huge area, like like in, in the birds, we would we'd call it a voliere. An aviary. Yeah, aviary, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So where you can, like, basically cage them in and they still have, like, outside exercise. Again, the grounding is, is actually for cats even more important than for dogs. Why is that? Because cats actually go to bed areas they charge themselves up with electricity. That's why they go on your computer, they go on your TV, they go on your charger. If you have a charger on the ground, your cat goes on it and charges itself up and, and they like and need that, that, that electricity to a point. But then in the normal world, they would go out and they go and sit on the grass and discharge afterwards. 
they dump it all into the ground then. The, the, the positive, the, the loss of, of negative um, ions that, so of the electrons that have lost by being charged up with electricity, mm-hmm. they do the exchange by being on the ground outside. And I see that with my cats that are going in the yard. They actually do go out and then they sit. And same with my dog. I love it when I see my dog go in the yard and but, but the dogs don't on, on purpose charge themselves up, but cats do that. They're different. You're a different animal. So now mm-hmm. that we have all these cats being basically inside only, they get into trouble. They cannot discharge anymore. The best thing that I've found for them to be able to somewhat get earthing is really with a pulse electromagnetic frequency device. That's where um, we recommend one of those. Um, and I mean, lots of people have heard about the other ones that I, and not many people have like the Beamer and the IMRS. They're known, but I have a different one that is more affordable and easier and uh, cats love it. They sit on it. So, and that actually gives them the earth pulsing, you know, it's like Mm. giving them the pulsing of it. So they will charge themselves up on your computer and then go sit on the, uh, this earth pulse machine and discharge right that energy so it doesn't somewhat get so, i mean i don't trouble. know whether it does exactly it's probably not exactly that but it gives them the, that possibility to do more something like that yes so hmm. it's you know at least the it's the crazy thing we humans have made everything so we have like like i said earlier we have removed ourselves and our animals so much from nature and now we're making all these machines to somewhat imitate nature again i mean you know like the typical example for this this uh, pulse electromagnetic frequency devices is basically when they realized in the wars in the, in the second world war when they had the people uh, the, the soldiers in in the um what's the name the the the, the Tanks? They don't say tanks to it. Um, yeah, yeah, the tanks, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. They get no grounding in there. So if they're too much in there, they got sick. And the same, of course, with the astronauts going into space. They actually have pulse electromagnetic frequency devices that mimic the Earth pulsing. And that's what keeps them healthy, what keeps their bones uh, strong and everything. Otherwise, if you're just in space without any of that, because we need the gravity, we need these fields, we need the Hartman, um, um, not the Hartman, the um, ah. <laughs> but the other the other lines. I know what you're talking about. Not the about. lines. We need uh, the pulsing, um, the, the frequency, the seven point, and it's actually like there's always seven point eight hertz. Um, which actually we're we're talking always about is it it was much stronger at some point now it's getting weaker and then other people say it's getting stronger again so it depends on where you are it's like slightly different but we need that pulsing and so that that frequency is important for us and that's kind of what these devices again artificially make because they are used in in the space station and stuff to keep these astronauts yeah. healthy so same idea. Hmm. So, in other words, if you want to do it right, get your get your butt out with your dog in your bare feet in the grass and take a walk and take the sunlight in. And, well, yeah, but not and when it's raining. Air. 
<laughs> well, you still get the get the get the raise, you know. You still yeah. get good stuff. So, so in other words, get go out outside, do it regularly. It's good for your dog. It's good for you. It's even good for your cat. So if you can let your cat securely out, we've recommended for people even to have the, the cat out at least in a carrier for a few hours. Um, if they've never been outside, they're very scared at first. I had that with both my cats. Now they're addicted to the outside. You know, so it's of course yeah. you make them addicted because you're reconnecting them with nature you know? where they're supposed to be. But you want them in a safe, secure environment, best best possible, and you can do it that way. I mean, if I would be constructing houses, you know how they would look. I hate to ask. No, you. you <laughs> <have to> ask. <laughs> they actually would all have an inner court on the inside, oh. especially in cities. You know, if you have like, or in suburbs where you have like a one-story house. You know, or you have like the, the first floor, and uh, there would not be a slab in the middle. There would just be bare earth. So you could mm. securely, with your animal, be there and get earthed. If you don't dare to go outside because it's too toxic or too scary or something, you put inside your your inner court in the house. Well, they have a lot of these down in down in South America they, and Central America, don't yeah. they? The house is built around a central right. a central court. They, it's not only usually the earth, they, but yeah. uh, they have it very but they nicely. They probably are also cementing them by now in concrete and whatever. Yeah. You know, so, but, but the idea was there. Well, yeah, and I mean, like when I was uh, hiking in uh, in Nepal, I was actually looking at those houses. You know how they how they have the flooring, and that's usually just. Just clay, you know, that they just, it's like, hmm. and it's hard. So it's still hard, but you get the grounding. So every night when they sleep, they have their grounding and they're barefoot anyway, much more. They're still growing their own, own veggies and stuff. So being the poorest country is, in some ways, has some richness to it. Yeah. yeah. So, well, anyways, get out there and walk. <laughs> it's good exercise for you and the dog and the cat if you're so and if your cat is so inclined. <laughs> I knew that from from my my aunt and uncle. I saw it the first time their cat when they went on their evening walk. They didn't even have a dog, but the cat was following him just like slight well, distance. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, wonderful. And next week we're going to talk about again. Oh, it was emotional. The emotional support. Emotional happiness. Happiness for social happiness for our for our pets. So that should be an interesting. That should be an interesting. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to that one. So thank you very, again very much, and uh, looking forward to the next one. Okay. Thank you. And we'll see you again. Thanks. Mm -hmm.